1: Standard of California, on behalf of independent Chevron gas stations and standard stations throughout the West, invites you to let George do it. The Perfect Alibi, another adventure of George Valentine. Personal notice dangers my stock and trade. If the heat's on and you can't seem to cool off, you got a job for me, George Valentine. Write full details.
2: Dear Mr. Valentine, I hate my husband. I hate him so much I've sat awake nights wondering if I had the nerve to kill him. But I'm a coward. I'm weak. I'm everything bad. It's his fault I am. But then, that's my fault for marrying him, isn't it? Mr. Valentine, I have a chance to escape. To get rid of him forever. If I keep my mouth shut, my husband will be dead inside of a few months. But I can't keep my mouth shut, can I? I can't be that bad. Or can I?
3: I'll be standing at the corner of 47th and Maple Drive at 2 o'clock this afternoon.
1: Uh-huh.
3: Maybe she meant Maple Avenue, George. Yeah,
1: maybe. If there was one in town, only there isn't.
3: Oh. Laurie F. You know, George, she sounds like such a mixed-up person anyway that maybe No, she...
1: no, Brooksy. This is the place she meant, all right. And all we can do is just sit here and wait.
4: Yeah. Hey, mister, going downtown? Give me a lift downtown. I'm sorry. It'd be all day if I stay there waiting for a bus. You got of room.
1: Look, I said I'm sorry. I'm not going anyplace.
4: Yeah, yeah, but you will be. Much sooner than a bus. Hey. hey get
1: away from there. Move
4: oh, over, sister. Look out. Hang on, Roxy. Oh.
1: Well.
3: Hitchhikers are getting persistent, aren't
1: they? Yeah. And a funny-looking hitchhiker for a ritzy district like this.
3: Hey, watch it, George. Redline. light. Listen, you suppose that maybe... Mr.
2: Valentine? Mr.
1: Valentine? Hey, quick, open your door, Roxanne.
2: Yeah. You are Mr. Valentine, aren't you? That's right, and you're a I know you must be. I saw that man there trying to get into your car. I was hiding in the drugstore, hoping he'd go away. Why? Who is he? I don't know, really, but he works for my husband. I know he does. He was following me, watching me. He was.
1: Okay, okay. Well, I don't blame him. You're attractive. Now, suppose you relax and tell us about it.
2: No, not here. Let's go someplace where we can talk.
1: You hate your husband, don't you, Laurie?
2: More than I hate lizards. Is there any particular
3: reason? I mean, some somebody to compare him with, for instance? Oh, I know this is off the
2: subject, but sometimes a woman... What if there is? What if there is another man doesn't have anything to do with this? Okay, okay.
1: Now, as I get it, if you keep your mouth shut about something, your husband will die in a few months. Is that right? Yes. He wouldn't be expecting a hanging, would he? Yes. Murder?
2: Mr. Valentine. Last night, a man was shot just a block or two from here. Exclusive apartment house the Cedar Crest.
1: Who was he? And just for the record, who's your husband?
2: The man was a business associate of my husband's from out of town, but he used to live here, and he's been back for the last month or more. The man? His name was Chauncey. Isn't that a funny name? He was a funny sort of man, I guess, too, but... Well, anyway, my husband hated him, and the police know it.
1: Lots of people hate lots of other people.
2: Last night, my husband had an appointment with Chauncey. He was seen going into the apartment house. Sometime later, the shots were heard by the neighbors, and my... My husband doesn't have an alibi. He's in jail now.
1: And they were hanging. Hey, 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 wait a minute. Now, hold it. He's got no alibi, but you have one for him. One that you haven't told yet. Check.
2: Yes, Mr. Valentine. His character. His what? Huh? My husband just wouldn't commit murder, that's all. You mean the lizard, the heel, the husband? Oh, I know. I said those things about him, and they're true. He's even worse than that. But he can't stand violence. He doesn't believe in it.
1: Does he carry a gun? Well,
2: only for self-protection. He made a point of not taking it with him last night. He's going to make up with Chauncey, settle their differences. He even took him a present. Now, look,
1: I've heard the name Chauncey before someplace, so let's cut out the waltzing, Laurie.
2: What's your last name? Who's your husband? I'm Laurie Farrell. My husband is Nap Pharrell. Nap Pharrell? Yes. Yes, he's the biggest gangster in the city. All right, then don't help me. Don't do anything about it. Just sit there and don't help me.
3: Well, George? I don't know, Brooks. Oh, George, you're not going to get mixed up in a thing like that. Nat Pharrell has earned five hangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how do you know she wasn't lying? She's such a mess. Let's cut across
2: here, Angel. Oh.
3: But this is the block that apartment's in, the Cedar Crest. George, it's just sticking your neck out. All you'll do is end up a Patsy <laughs> or a Cork.
1: Look, save the obituaries, Angel. All I want is a newspaper.
3: Yeah, I'll bet. Come on, in here.
4: Well, me. the old man oh. did
1: it again today when he lifted one over the wall oh,
4: on the third. a newspaper. By the end before. of the sixth innings? Ah, well it be, mister. Make it fast. Giant one, You hear that?
1: That's all I want, thanks. Next edition has some of the baseball scores. Oh, that's okay. I'm just a funny paper man. Uh-huh. Ah, yeah, the there Pittsburgh it is, Angel, all over the front D. page. Matt Pharrell. Mm. Behind bars for the first time. Hand-painted, and necktie, I'm not even
3: must. Hmm. Chauncey was a racketeer, too, mm. wasn't like he? Business Bank. associate. George, I tell you, that woman is California. absolutely... Yeah.
1: The far west Look, Mac, buy your own newspaper, huh? All right, sure. Hey, wait, hey, now, what's a bright idea? you George Valentine. You like to make something out of it, redhead? Here. Here's 200 bucks all I could raise on notice. Well,
3: you should have tried harder. You're passing out money. Haven't you got some for me, too? Stay
1: away, will you, Valentine? Just stay away. That's all I want. The guy's no good. He's an egotistical, selfish, cold blooded I suppose you're talking about Nat Farrell. I said just stay away. Leave him in jail. Why, redhead? Because I said so. You start messing around, Valentine. <laughs> I you just keep your hair on let Let go of me.
4: Hey, keep it down, will you guys? They're giving the Major League scores now.
1: See? Isn't polite to fight in a public place. Valentine, I'm warning you. You'll get a private place, all right. If... I'm sorry. Give me my money back. Only leave him in jail, you hear me? Leave him in jail.
4: Oh, now look at what you guys' done. I don't even know who's going to pitch for Boston.
1: I tell you, I'm going to hang out a sign that says man at work. Lieutenant Riley, I'm just asking questions, that's all. You sure that's all? It
3: is if I have anything to say about it. Listen,
1: Valentine, I've been trying to nail that guy Pharrell since I polished my first brass button. He's a reason for half the trouble in this town. And now, now that I've got him jugged, there's nobody. Nobody's going to pull the cork, not even sniff around. So beat it, will you? Goodbye. Okay, Riley, okay, I get it. Railroad man at work what? Joe. Valentine, you know darn well Nobody's getting railroaded I've got a case, you understand All right, so I said the wrong thing Pharrell ran this guy, Chauncey, out of town a couple of years ago Only Chauncey came back last month against threats Trying to muscle into Pharrell's visit Yeah, keep talking Look, chum, I've got lots of witnesses The doorman at the Cedar Crest saw Pharrell go upstairs at 7.30 When the doorman went off duty at 8, Pharrell was still there at 8.15 on the button, five people, five people, mind you, heard the shots through the open windows out back. And I was there at 8.20. All right, it's a circumstantial case so far. But well, what if it is? Morell admits he was there, claims he doesn't know what time he left, but he didn't show up at home until after nine. And he won't explain it every two minutes. Something new comes in against him. Oh, you. There, there, you made me mad enough to tell you. Now, are you, are you happy? no. Because you see, Lieutenant, Uh, Pharrell's wife. Huh? Oh, I know, I know. I talked to her. She hasn't got anything. And
3: like I told George, she's so confused that Sure,
1: sure. She's confused and mixed up and messed up. Now, look, Riley, two things hit me in the eye. One, Pharrell doesn't like violence. He never has. Yeah. That's why he's been so hard to nail for his other stuff. And if there were a business killing to be done, a guy that big doesn't do it himself. He hires somebody.
3: Maybe this time he lost his temper.
1: Over business? No, Brooks, he's too cold-blooded. All right, point number two. No alibi. A guy that big always has an alibi. So he slipped out. <laughs> I'm crying in my lace handkerchief. I'm tearing my hair out with sympathy. Now, look, Riley, I hate that guy as much as you do. But I doubt if he killed Chauncey. Oh, sometimes, sometimes I'd like to... Ah, uh, wait a minute. Come on in my office. I want you to meet somebody. Oh, Mr. Jefferson. Hello, Lieutenant. Uh... What, what, what is it? I want you to meet these people, Mr. Jefferson. Uh, Mr. Jefferson, here is Pharrell's lawyer. Uh, Miss Brooks? How do you do? And George Valentine. Oh, yeah. How do you do, sir? Mr. Valentine is interested in the case. He's uh, from the Humane Society or something. <laughs> well, it's unusual, anyone interested in my client. Well, tell him what you've been doing all day, Mr. Jefferson. Expose the defense? Now, really? Oh, what difference does it make? I've been pounding the pavements, Riley knows. I've talked to everyone within a 47-mile radius of the Cedar Crest, armed with questions and pictures of Pharrell.
3: You mean looking for friendly witnesses? Did you find any? Huh?
1: What do you think? Mr. Valentine had it in mind that uh, he'd like to help. Is that so? Oh,
3: but he doesn't know anything.
1: I see. Uh, Mr. Valentine, I have no business saying this, but then I suppose I'm not very orthodox anyway. What I mean is, the man who takes pity on the hungry tiger usually forfeits his head. You understand me? (laughs) Maybe. But where was the tiger between eight o'clock and nine o'clock last night? Why don't you ask him, Mr. Valentine? Yes. Ask him. (laughs) What a presumptuous question Where was I? Where were you? All right, Pharrell, skip it Who are you anyway, Valentine? What are you doing here in my cell? Watching you pick your teeth, I (laughs) guess (laughs) Pate sandwiches I had them sent in from Pierre's, you know Hmm? Only decent pate in town Yeah, you lead a hard life even in jail, don't you? You think I appreciate the finer things? You should have met Chauncey He went in for coffins Inevitably, with his business habits. But I, uh... I had no quarrel with him personally. And when it came to taste... Here. You see my jacket? Gold buttons, gold trim. It's my own design. I took Chauncey a duplicate last night as a gift, as a matter of fact. He collects them. And silk shirts. And his collection of rare books. Oh, I've learned a lot from Chauncey, a rat. You didn't kill him, did you? No. No, oh, I left this place sometime after 8, but I don't know just when. He was shot at 8.15. Where were you until 9 o'clock? I'm tired of that question. Plenty of your witnesses saw you go in there, saw your car, but they didn't see you come out. Were you framed? I'm getting tired of you, too. Does your wife know where you were? Get out of here. Now. Now. Oh, oh. I hit a sore point, huh? My personal life is no one's business but my own. It won't be personal when you're wearing a hand-woven rope necktie. Get out of here. Who asked you to snoop anyway? Like any small-time-prying little shamus. Come to the big boy, offering to help, thinking the big boy might pay big cash for help. You can keep your change, Buster. Well, leave me in jail, you see. I take care of myself, understand? And in case you don't understand, in case your nose gets any nosier, I promise that my friends will give you a reward. My own special design. A marble trimmed slab. We'll return to tonight's adventure, George Valentine, in just a moment. When your car wants to tell you it's wasting power, you'll hear from it, all right. And what you'll hear is engine ping. It's a noise that also means your car's engine is strained and laboring, wasting fuel as well as power. To avoid this power robbery, depend on Chevron Supreme gasoline. It's specially blended to give your car ping-free power under every driving condition. Faster starts for cold engines, quicker pickup for traffic, and extra power on hills. Chevron Supreme's a premium quality gasoline that's climate-tailored, too. Whether you're on the coast, in the desert, or in the mountains... Depend on it to help give your car its best performance. In fact, for today's high-compression engines, you can't buy a better gasoline. Get Chevron Supreme at standard stations and at independent Chevron gas stations, where they say and mean we take better care of your car. her husband, but her conscience tells her he shouldn't be in jail for murder, that is. He's just not the type. Of course, Lieutenant Riley insists he'll have a case against Nat Pharrell, and you certainly agree that the fastidious gangster looks his best in stripes, but you can't help suspecting that the woman is right, that this time her husband has been miscast. And if that's so, then this isn't justice, is it? If your name is George Valentine and you too have a conscience, you stick right on the case. You didn't listen to me, Valentine. You're still on the Pharrell case. How come? (laughs) Last time we met Redhead, you were offering $200 to keep Mrs. Pharrell's husband in jail. Who do you work for anyway? Okay, I'll play a guessing game with you. Somebody trying to frame him, maybe. Muscle into his business while he's locked up, huh? Oh, wait a minute. She's got a boyfriend. Maybe you work for him. Goodbye, Valentine. Come on, come on, answer me, chum. Don't be a sucker. You'll be caught in the middle. That's where you are right now, Valentine. I bought a gun since the last time.
3: Oh, George, it's like a nest of snakes. Every time you turn around, there's another one leering at
1: you. Even Riley has a man tagging me.
3: I told you we stick our necks out, and we have. The honest people look down their noses, and everybody else looks down ours. Snakes,
1: necks, noses. But we
3: haven't got anywhere. You can't even get to talk to your client. Well, that's not
1: her fault, Angel. She's surrounded just like we are. Seems everyone in town wants Pharrell out of the way and me off the case. George,
3: what if they did get him for a crime he didn't commit? Oh, I know it wouldn't be right, but if...
1: Brooksy, Brooksy, you can't compromise. But I'll... I'll grant you if it went for his wife, I'd... I'll get it. Yeah, Valentine's speaking. Valentine, I hope you choke. Yeah, why? I guess you're pretty proud of yourself, aren't you? Oh, come on. Get off it. Listen, right Now, away. you listen to me. The Chief Inspector's talking to Nat Pharrell right now. In five minutes, Pharrell will walk out of jail a free man. That's your pal, Buster. <laughs> Look, I tell you, I didn't have anything to do with it. I didn't dig him up any alibi.
3: Honest, Lieutenant, all the people we talked to couldn't remember anything.
1: Nobody sees him leave Chauncey's apartment. Nobody remembers any time. What times? We know Pharrell was still up there at 8 o'clock. The shots were heard at 8.15 sharp. But no one actually saw Pharrell leave the place until this, this thing showed up.
4: Yeah. well, hi, Mister. Baseball. (laughs) Yeah, that's me. Look what they call me. It was baseball, do it, too. You know, it's a funny hey, thing. What's
1: he talking about? Ah, uh, he runs a little cigar store in the same block as the Cedar Crest.
4: Sure, it was baseball. Local games always start at the same time. Now, you see what I mean? Now, look, this guy, see, he comes by the store, takes a look at my phone book, and then he gets into his car. Matt Farrell. Well, I didn't know him from an empire then, but it was him, all right. And I know the time, too, you see. The seal's against the stars. Maltzburg is on the mound, see? Play ball, the announcer said. Ah, oh,
1: right. shut up. Games always start at 8-15. Pharrell remembers it, too.
4: 8-15. A perfect alibi. Yeah. Seals won, you know. Seven to three. Behind until a fourth, see? But then now all of a sudden... wait a minute, wait a minute,
1: a minute. wait a minute. How come you didn't show up with this perfect alibi until now?
4: Well, gosh, mister, until I saw Pharrell's picture in the paper, how did I know it was him? Had been up at chauncey. <laughs> you know, I never look at a paper until a sports final because... You know, oh, shut up.
1: Oh. The inspectors already worked it over, Valentine. No holes and... This Gabby guy here, he's new in town. No connection with Pharrell.
4: Oh, I should have to tell you, you know, he's no
1: bleacher, boy. Yeah, but, uh. You knew Chauncey,
4: huh? Oh, oh, him. It's different. You know, starting a new business like Bill Vech took over the Indians, you see. Give the customers what they want. Now, look, I made a couple of deliveries, but that's about okay, all. Okay,
1: Riley, suppose we take good, what.
4: Uh, and a good spender? Yes, sir. Uh, Ten-bunk boxes of cigars. You should, you should have seen him pumping away in a gold trim jacket. <laughs> like baseball, too. Hey, that's too bad he's Oh,
1: Lippy, relax, will you? Where did Pharrell go after he left your place? Between 8:15 and 9 o'clock. Any idea? Or did he just look at the phone book, get in his car, and steam off? Yeah,
4: well, that's right, you guess it, mister. You know, I ain't no prognosticator, but you see, there's a funny thing. And things. where's
1: Pharrell now? Well, the inspector has kissed him goodbye already. His wife is waiting for him.
4: His
3: wife? Has she been here long?
1: Oh, not so you'd notice. Showed up just a second before you did, all set to be sympathetic. But when we told her we didn't have enough on her husband to hold him anymore, well, she darned near. pain. Come on, Brooksy, we got to move fast. Huh? What,
3: well, George, what on Morrell's earth? Morell's
1: home in the suburbs. Come on, Angel. Hey, what? Wait, hold it, hold it. Who do you think you're working for now? I myself, Riley. I don't want to be responsible for a murder.
3: They must not be home yet,
1: minute. Here's one looks loose
3: any of the windows unlocked?
1: Not a chance, that's Shh.
2: Oh, George, hurry up. They're coming.
1: Okay, okay, take it easy. Oh, come on, in you go. Uh, Ouch. It.
3: Okay, it's
2: the kitchen. Shh, quiet.
3: All right, Tony, thank
1: you. Wait, please.
2: Well, well, my dear, may I take your coat? No, well, I can do it, thanks.
1: You'd like some music on the radio, Laurie? No,
2: thanks.
1: A cigarette, stop
2: it, Nat. Why don't you say what you're thinking?
1: Oh, my dear, it's you who's thinking things.
2: Did you get that man at the jail? Lippy? How much did you pay him?
1: What, the alibi? (laughs) No, not a cent. A coincidence. I mean, that's all. Saved by a busy body. You didn't like it, did you?
2: Yes. Yes, I did. I wanted you to get out. I knew you didn't kill Chauncey.
1: Yeah, you knew nothing of the kind. But I didn't tell anyone about it last night. I was crossing my fingers, biding my time. Giving somebody enough rope.
2: There was nothing last night.
1: From where, whenever it was, I left Chauncey's until nine o'clock. The Paris hat shop. I've forgotten the address, but the woman says my hat will be done. Pick it up, will you, dear? You're hurting my arm. I have to look it up in a phone book, and it's all the way across. town. When I get there, it's closed. You know it'd be closed. No. A little wild goose chase was one for an alibi. You were with a man, weren't you?
2: Leave me alone. A man, I've guessed
1: it before. There's one thing I will not abide.
2: Stop it. What if I was? It's wrong to be sick of this life, being watched all the time. Now, big... who is he? Who is he?
4: No, I won't tell you. I, I...
1: give you everything and you go. Who is no, he? Okay, a boy, that's enough. Valentine. Yeah, you got quite away with women, haven't you? What are you doing in my house, Valentine? I thought you were touchy on the subject of your wife.
2: Ned. Ned, I hired him. I did. I hired him to get you out of jail, honestly. Didn't I? I didn't think you'd kill.
1: Yes, yeah, sister, but you also admitted you had a boyfriend. Hey, where are you going? I have a man outside who's bigger than you, Valentine. We'll find out who's telling the truth. We'll find out who's... Re- Stand still. Valentine. Said. Answer it, Laurie. Yes, Matt. Hello, Laurie. I was just... Well, Mr. Oh. Jefferson. Come in, come in. Matt, what are you doing? Wait, well, good to see you. <laughs> My lawyer, Mr. Valentine, he doesn't even know I'm out of jail. I'm not surprised. What? Oh, Matt, oh, I just thought I'd run over and check your paper, see if there was anything <laughs> needed to be done. He can't get over it. Here I am. Of course he can't. He took your photograph for blocks around the Cedar Crest, trying to find someone who'd give you an alibi. And yet somehow he overlooked the most obvious person. Who do, who do you mean? The guy in the corner cigar store. What? Shut up, Valentine. I can do my own thinking the way out of you. Deliberately overlooked that man, didn't you, Jefferson? Matt, take it easy. so convenient if I would stay in jail, if I would be hung. You've been trying to get control of my business for a long time. Oh, I'm your lawyer, Matt. That's all I'm... The not. man with the keys to my house, the knowledge of my papers. You were making sure that I'd be hung.
4: No, 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 And Matt. my
1: wife. You're the one. You and my wife. Stop it. No. Well... No, you don't, i There's a gun in that. Get away from me. Matt, don't do it. Run, don't shoot. Get away. <laughs> oh, no. 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 Who's the boss? I'll show you who runs this town. I'll show you. Yeah, you showed us, all right. Well, it's about time, Lieutenant Riley. I guess it's all right if I arrest him for murder now, isn't it? Okay, okay, take it easy, Mrs. Farrell. Your boyfriend's all right. What? What, with six shots in him? Don't jump to conclusions, Riley. Jefferson here might have been trying to take over Farrell's business. But the boyfriend is somebody else. And I guess the guy who begged me to leave Hubby in jail. What's that?
2: He was so afraid Nat would find out. Kill us both.
1: A guy like a redhead, maybe?
2: Yeah. I was out with him last night while Nat was at Chauncey's. And that store I sent him to. I told Red I thought it was hopeless. I'd never get free of Nat.
1: Well, lady, you're rid of him now. The man who couldn't stand violence. <laughs> well, Valentine, so you figured he'd go for his wife. At least you saved her. Yes,
3: and the redhead seems like a nice person. Maybe now she can get herself straightened out. Huh?
1: Sure, sure. You don't want to feel too bad about not being right all the time. Well, Pharrell killed in passion. You said he wouldn't commit a cold-blooded business murder. Like Chauncey? Well, if we have trouble with that alibi, we've got him on another murder. It doesn't make much difference. Yes, it does, Riley. It does. What? I've said all along Pharrell didn't kill Chauncey. Now I can prove it. Huh? What? Okay, listen, children. We know Jefferson was trying to muscle in, take over the business. Okay. Now, what better way to do it than get rid of a competitor named Chauncey and have Pharrell blame for it? Two birds with one stone. Are you trying to tell me that Jefferson shot Chauncey? Riley, I've said all along that big boys don't do their own business shootings. George? Yes, Angel. It's more likely somebody he hired to do the job, somebody he brought in from out of town, set up in a convenient spot to watch the victim, watch his visitors.
3: Somebody who had easy access to Chauncey's apartment.
1: Uh-huh, like making deliveries. Yeah, Riley, it's the guy who got scared when we started nosing around. Or maybe he wanted to shake somebody down, I don't know. But anyway, he decided to back down on Jefferson, turn Pharrell loose, cover his own tracks. Only instead, he uncovered his own neck. How do you know? (laughs) That baseball boy, Lippy, he just talked too much. Huh? Yeah, he described Chauncey as wearing a gold-trimmed jacket. But Chauncey didn't even own that particular jacket until Pharrell gave it to him as a gift. That same evening.
3: That's right.
1: So Lippy had to be there afterwards. Holy smoke, what am I standing here for? I'm the guy who's
3: got... (laughs) Oh, but the alibi. Why did Lippy give Pharrell the alibi?
1: Yeah, sure, sure, I know the alibi. You know, people always forget, Angel, when a guy makes up an alibi for another guy and the other guy accepts it. Then he's given himself one, of course. That's right. This perfect alibi was like a bicycle built for two with both passengers set for a one-way trip. It doesn't cost much to keep the outside of your car bright and shining, but an engine repair is another matter. That costs real money. That's why I want to tell you about RPM Motor Oil, how it saves the life of your car's engine. Let's start with the proved fact that corrosive rust is the cause of 80% of engine wear. It starts the moment your engine stops and is caused by condensation of acid-laden moisture. But RPM motor oil is specially compounded to prevent this internal rust. It contains an adhering agent that coats the inside of an engine with a moisture-proof film. Even though your car stands idle for days or weeks, RPM stays on the job, wards off the attack of moisture and consequent rust. No wonder RPM is first choice in the West. It's the oil that stops 80% of engine wear. Ask for RPM at independent Chevron gas stations and at standard stations where they say and mean we take better care of your car. Next week, when we find George Valentine and Brooksy in the hallway outside their office door, we'll hear...
4: George!
3: Oh, your cheek's bleeding. It's okay. Here, give me the keys. Wait a
1: minute, minute, Brooksy. He said the office was locked, but I don't remember locking it.
3: No, it's
1: not. What in the name of... (coughs) Mr. Paulson. Oh. Here's the gun. It's got a silencer. And guess what, Brooksy... He's about as dead as a bullet'll make a man. adventure of George Valentine has been brought to you by Standard of California on behalf of independent Chevron gas stations and Standard stations throughout the West. Robert Bailey is starred as George with Francis Robinson as Claire. Wally Mayer appears as Lieutenant Riley. Let George Do It is written by David Victor and Jackson Gillis and directed by Don Clark. Also heard in the cast were Virginia Gregg as Laurie. Harry Bartell as the redhead, Dick Ryan as Lippy, Ed Begley as Jefferson, and Larry Dobkin as Parel. The music is composed and presented by Eddie Dunstetter. Your announcer, John Heaston. Listen again next week, same time, same station, to "Let George Do It." This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.